We're bringing you all you need to succeed in the real estate business. It's Spilling the LT, brought to you by Lawyer's Title, telling you what it's really like to work in real estate. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Tamara Gady. Today, we're going to talk about blending families as part of my Participate in Life Together series. But first, if you like my content, you're really going to love my escort team. So give me an opportunity to talk to you about your title needs. You can reach out to me on all of my social media platforms. Today's guest is Matt Kilderman. He's been on my show before, but he was with his tr dynamic trio the first time. And so I asked him to come back today because... Him and I had kind of an offline conversation about him blending his family, and it kind of sparked a little bit of history for me. And so I, I thought it would be a good thing to talk about on the podcast today. He's a realtor. I mean, I guess you're team leader, owner, CEO, co-whatever yeah. of... <laughs> We're not allowed to call ourselves CEOs anymore. So okay. like, I'm like a director of sales. Okay. Guy, like, I saw that on leader. Facebook and I was like, what's that I know. There's about? some legal thing about CEOs that you can't, like, you can't call yourself a CEO. So yeah, exactly. So um, typically, you're going to see Matt on his podcast podcast, the only real estate podcast worth, worth listening to. And if you didn't watch the episode they posted uh, yesterday about chat uh, GPT, you need to go back and listen to that because... Um it got weird. We <laughs> it got awesome and weird. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to the show today, Matt. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming back and joining me today. Um, I'm really excited about our topic. I feel like, as I kind of talked to you about before the show, a little bit vulnerable talking about this yeah. because it'll expose some stuff into my past as well. And I think that's okay, you know, Absolutely. so to yep. open up that conversation. Um, there's a lot of people that deal with this every day. Blended families is a real thing now. I mean... You know, I just talked to a really good friend of mine yesterday who is now probably going to be going through a divorce and he has a kid. And so what is that going to look like for him in the future? I've been through three divorces with yeah. one of my parents. So, and then two divorces with one of my parents, kids, blended kids, that whole thing. I mean, I never had to live under the same roof as other of, of those step siblings, but there still was you know, issues that had to go on trying to blend everybody together. So oh, for sure. let me, but I want to kind of turn this back on you a little bit for a minute, <laughs> just because I'll get fair. uncomfortable real quick. That's fair. <laughs> uh, let's start with the first question. What are some of the challenges and rewards? That's, this is a big question. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, but what are some of the challenges and rewards that have come from blending your family? Like why? I know why you did this. That's a stupid question. You and Victoria have been together. You wanted to move mm -hmm. forward with your relationship. You said she has. She has three boys. And you have Luke. I have one, yep. And their ages. Eight to 16. Okay. Yeah. And and I think, I think one, I think this conversation is great just for entrepreneurs in general too, because like the stuff that happens at home affects you at work. Like 100%. it just does, especially when you're doing like an entrepreneurial endeavor where there's so much rejection anyways, like you get as a real estate agent or, you know, in some, any entrepreneurial endeavor, right? Like, so I think this stuff matters and having the right partner matters because it, it would be different blending families with somebody who was not my, not my equal, not somebody I wanted to be with, right? Like if I was in a bad toxic relationship and we got married anyways, like taking on somebody else's kids is such a massive task for both of us to do. Like you said, there's so many challenges and there's so many rewards, but you're also, you have other parents involved, right? I don't want to step on their dads. So they have a great dad. The last thing I want to do is step on his toes in any way. Right. So it's like, there's all these different things that Victoria and I being on the same page of how we want to approach it is the absolute first thing that had to happen when we started blending families. And we talked about that a ton 
before we moved in together. We moved in together before we got married. But before we moved in together, before we got married, all of that, how it would work with the kids. That was a huge part. That was one of the beginning parts of your relationship conversations. Like it that, had to be. It had to be, right? Yeah, because here's the thing is when you have kids in with your with your with your first marriage, we have kids with a person, you go baby mama, right? Like yeah. when you have your kids, there's an inherent thing that I think tethers the whole family together because they're all part of one unit, right? Mm-hmm. When you make when you get to make the decision to get divorced with children, the kids do become the priority. And it's a lot harder that second time around to look at the other person and be like, hey, I'm now going to put you above my children because the children are from this whole other, you know what I mean? Like it's easy to tell your, your first wife, hey, I put you above the kids because we have no kids right now. It was me and mm-hmm. you. But now we come into this marriage with kids and you've got to find that way to still cement your relationship and root that part of the marriage, which is integral in everybody being successful and healthy in the house. But also recognizing that like, the kids are coming from a, a space that was really traumatic, right? It was super hard for them to watch their parents get divorced. They're dealing with all kinds of their own stuff because of their ages, right? And like, that's been that's been the part of it that I think she and I talked about the most because all of them are so different. That's made it maybe easy, maybe harder. I don't know. I don't have anybody else's experience, but it's been Well, good. let's, okay. I, you, you tapped in a few things that I want to back up on. Yep. Okay. The first one was, I know that there's been some challenges with your ex, oh, right? God, yeah, yeah. Okay. I want. I want to. I want to be nice. No, it's okay. I mean, like, look, it's 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 the challenges of co-parenting, right? Like, right. You divorce somebody for a reason. Yeah. It's usually because there is some massive disagreement you can't overcome, right? So, like, I, and I say this candidly, and I don't. This isn't even me about it. My ex-wife and I should have probably never been married. I'm so glad we were, because that so many beautiful things happened because sure, of that. Of course. But we fundamentally disagree on so many things about who the other person is much less how they parent. So it's, we're, she and I will probably struggle to get on the same page until Luke comes to us and says, you guys need to figure this out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or he's old enough to start making decisions on his own. Or it just doesn't affect him the same way. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, that's kind of where it had to go in my family is we just got old enough that it's timed out of the system. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. no longer up to you. I'm going to decide what, who I'm going to see and when I'm going to see them. Of right. Course. And so that's kind of where it had to end up with, but there was something else that you tapped into. Um, and I'm trying to think about it. So let's go back to when you and Victoria first started dating and it is very like, I think this is probably the most complicated family situation you could ever come across mm-hmm. is how do we bring this all together, yeah. right? And I've attempted to do it with men that have been in my life more than once yeah. with both of them. Never, We never even made it to marriage, yeah. right? And yeah. so it's been an epic fail <laughs> on my side of things. And I think, you know, and you said something about red flags. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is one of the most important things that most people don't pay attention to. I'm attracted to this person. I'm in love with this person. I want to be with this person. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And that is not the right answer. No, because like, look, when you're, when you're young, you feel the need to like, and look, all of this stems from some sort of childhood trauma and unhealthiness that we have in all of us. So sure. everything I say, I know comes from like the broken seven and 17 year old inside me. Same. Right. But when we're younger, I, I always wanted, I needed companionship. I have, I have been in t- so many terrible, toxic relationships. I've been so toxic in relationships. Victoria and I are at a perfect amount of messed up for each other, right? There's certain, <laughs> there's certain type of brokenness yeah. that just works better, I, right? Yeah, I hear you. There is I don't just disagree. certain type of stuff that meshes well together. And if, 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 if somebody is very, very needy in a specific way, 
I might reject that completely. Right. But then I have my own abandonment issues and my own insecurities. So, you know, and those get rejected by it. So we're the perfect amount of messed up for each other. And it blends really, really well. I've been in, in, in her too. If she was sitting here, she'd talk about, we've been in toxic relationships that we learned from. Right. I eventually just got tired of being in relationships where I was constantly worried about the next fight. Like we, I've, I don't know if anybody else has ever done this, but I've sat in relationships for years. Not that I didn't want to be in, but that I was too scared to leave because I didn't want to be alone. Having fights constantly, constant anxiety, blood pressure up, like all of those terrible things you have just waiting for the other shoe to drop, but you don't leave either, right? Like this isn't like some new- That was my last one. Yeah, this isn't new. Everybody goes through this stuff. But when when it became serious enough to start intertwining children into it, there was a part of me that was like, Matt, you can't, you can't like bring your shit into some other kids' lives. Yeah. Right? Like there are four men with us who are living in our house at very impressionable ages. How old are they? Eight to 16. Okay. Right. And they're, yeah. and they're, I mean, and they're exactly what you would think in that, in that range, right. For each age, they're, they're eight, 12, 13, 16. Right. And so, and they're in three different school districts. Right. So there's a lot of time it costs to get them to and from school. Those boys have a father who's very active. Luke has a mother who's very active. So like Jennifer, or Victoria and I have to walk very, very softly, like around the, the, the parenting stuff, because you don't want to piss off the other side of the parents, right? And do something wrong. You don't want to bring your stuff into these kids who have maybe never experienced your kind of trauma. Now you're introducing them to a whole new set of like sure. fears, like yeah, you were with yeah, the robots yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, there's just so many different ways that you can screw kids up anyways. And then when you have the challenge of bringing kids that you didn't grow up with and know all their idiosyncrasies in, you just step in a giant and he'll not even know about it, right? Well, let me ask you this. I don't know Victor- Victoria. I've only mm. met her in person, I think, one time. She's lovely, She's by rad. the way. So you said she was rad. I said she was lovely. <laughs> we have a different way of expressing ourselves. <laughs> um, explain her temperament. Because I know yeah. you, well, and then explain what you think your temperament is. Because I think those are two very component, important components. She is... She is very, very kind and gentle with me. I am, I am maybe not so secretly because I talk about it on the podcast, but I am an incredibly insecure individual. It is like it is, it is hard for me to see the good in myself, right? I'm not insecure in the sense that I'm just walking around worrying about what people think about me all the time, but like with her and in my relationships, I, I get so much of my value from making money, right? So if business isn't going good, I feel like a failure, right? If, 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 if there's things are going wrong on the money side of things, I'm a difficult person to be around, yeah. right? And, she is more than anything, I could be broke with her. And, and I grew up as a broke kid. This isn't like, I'm not talking as a kid who's never not had money. That's part of the reason why I have such a weird relationship with money is I've been so broke, paper food stamps broke. And never in my life have I felt like I was with somebody who we could lose everything and she would still be super down to be with me, right? And I think that for me, the security of knowing that no matter what happens, I have somebody who's going to be there allows me to relax in so many other ways and become the better version of myself. Because if she was just constantly keyed up and and we were constantly bickering about each other, which I have done in past relationships, yeah. I never, my temperament never comes down. And yeah. then I'm, you know, you can't tell on camera, I'm 6'3", 225. I'm loud, right? So I get shouted, like I come across and the feedback on me has been like, you can be really imposing when you're angry. It's, you know, and- that's frustrating for me because I'm usually angry about something that I'm insecure about. So I feel small inside, mm-hmm. but it's scaring the other person. Right. So it's like Victoria and I have found this beautiful space where our communication never makes us go there. Like we fight, but we, sure. I never get to the point where we're screaming and yelling at each other, where we're having full on, like this relationship is over meltdowns, which was, that was my life leading up to this Yeah, like, all the time. 
Well, and people ask me all the time, why, why don't, you know, are you dating anyone? Why don't you date? It's all these things that you're describing. (laughs) I'm not, no. (laughs) My house is peaceful. I go home. It's me and peanut. You know, it's not worth it to me. I date for a living anyway. I'm exhausted by the time I, it's, 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 it's kind of, it takes away the energy that we need to go do. Like this is where Correct. it plays into the business side of things, right? Yes. Like, how many times in my career have I not taken a phone call because somebody like a, a girl I was dating was really upset with me and I couldn't get out of my head about it. So I just shut it down for the day. Like I've done that type of stuff. Well, I mean, right? when, when I was pulling up here today and I got a phone call with a problem mm-hmm. and I'm like, I have two minutes. I can't talk about this right now. I have to go. The person yep. wanted to keep going. And I'm like, but I have to go, not because I have, it's a time issue. It's a mindset issue. Yes. I've got to walk in and record this podcast. And now I'm thinking about what your phone call was and what do I need to do to resolve this issue, right? Yep. I need to focus on what we're talking about today. Absolutely. And so these emotional situations, any kind of a challenge, you know, Bob likes to call them challenges all the time. They're problems is what they are. <laughs> you know, let's be real. It's a problem. Okay. And so these problems, whenever they come up, I, I've talked about this before. I don't, you can call me whatever you want to call me. I'm a salesperson. Okay. I am a salesperson. We're in a sales-based industry. We are a sales-based industry. You can sugarcoat it and call it whatever you want. I have to get up every day, have the right mindset, be focused and ready to go do my job. And if there's problems in my life, I can't, how do I, how do, there's only so much of that you can put in your backpack and, 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 and wait till after school to, to look at it again. Right. Those relationships where you're trying, where it is a destructive relationship, it's a toxic relationship, that emotional, the, the str- let me tell you something. The last one, I, when we were breaking up, I was so stressed. I literally clenched my jaw. I do that anyway. I clenched my jaw so bad. I broke two teeth. I was like, get out of my house. Yep. And it's just, you know. <sighs> that that feeling though. It's, the, the, it's just the exhaustion and the blood pressure and the stress and the. Trying to think about even stepping into that kind of environment again. I'm like, yeah, I'll wait till your kids. I'll start dating when kids are grown. And <laughs> We're that, not a group of kids are grown. And I do think there's like, this is, this is the thing too. Like without having, like if I didn't have kids, dealing with other people's kids would be, would be almost impossible, right? Because like, look, here's the thing is, and, and parents can say that they're, they're, this isn't true or not, but we will put up with a lot of crap from our own kid that we won't put up from other people's kids, right? Yeah. Like my, my Luke gets a lot more, um, of like my grace than her boys got, right? Because I didn't, one, I didn't know how to interact with them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what, they, they're a little bit older. Our relationship is different. They don't, they don't need as much as, from me as Luke needs from Victoria, right? When we're home, right? Like Luke, Luke's got really curly hair. Victoria does it and it looks amazing, right? When I do it, it's just all over the place. Her boys don't need me to wake up in the morning and do their hair, right? Like they don't need stuff from me. They, sure. need, they need me to be kind to their mom. They need me to provide an environment that they can be kids in, right? Yeah. They, that's what they need from me. Um, and then as long as I can be a good representative, a good role model for them in my actions and the things I do, how I treat their mother, right. To make them men who will go out and treat women is, is impeccably as possible. All those things matter. And they see Victoria and I fight, not see us knock down drag out fight, but they see us bicker and argue, right. They see real relationship stuff too, sure. right. Because we, that's just who she and I, I figure are Victoria can get a little spicy. Oh, no, I mean, don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like you, you asked earlier, like, like, like I kind of, I kind of made it sound like I, you know, Victoria is just nice. And like, she really helped Victoria is the un and unbelievable support system because she is 10 times stronger than I am. Like if you ever want to talk to somebody about getting through things in life and overcoming things with a mindset, the stuff that that woman has overcame in her life and still like is able to stand up and, and talk about it's unbelievable. Like she is, she, a lot of people, you've known me for a lot of years, right? And there is a marked difference in who Matt Kelderman is 
in the last 18 months as opposed to who he was for the last five or six years. Everybody's oh, when I, you are a completely different person completely than different. when I first met That you. is her. Like I have, I have embodied who I've became with her because I don't believe that anybody can just be a, a different version of themselves for another person. Eventually your true self will pop out. And so I have, I have actually changed as a person, but that she is the catalyst for that. Well, but, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to back you up on that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to kind of um, contradict you on that because I knew you when we first met, you were at Keller Williams, Dallas Fisherman Road. You were on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, you had just transferred from another brokerage. I can't, from Dallas. I came like a real small boutique brokerage. Yeah. yeah. And the person that you became before you met Victoria, if you weren't that person, you would not have been good for Victoria and this would have never worked. The businessman was there. The, the man man who deserved a, a, a woman who was willing to be, to just be all the things that you want in your partner as a man, right? Like I was not the version of myself who deserved that, right? I was, I was, I still needed to come out of my marriage, right? I still needed to, I, the couple of the people I dated after the marriage were, were ways of me reminding myself of the person I did not want to be anymore, right? Like I had growing to do, but the personal version of Matt, even up until two years ago was still floundering in so many ways, still, still, manipulation is the only word, right? Like I hate using that about myself. I almost couldn't say it because it's like, but like being fully transparent, like being in relationships where you're manipulating the outcome for your own emotional safety. Like I, I was, I'm 44. I was still doing that shit at 41 and a half. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, and so those are the types of things where she's came along and just provided a safe environment, right? She does this thing where, um, when she, when, especially early in our relationship, when we were still unfolding stuff and there was still like, candidly, there was still overlap of people we were dating and there was just time frames that were kind of wonky and stuff. And, um, she, we had to have a couple of tough conversations and it was hard for me to be honest with her because I felt like she was going to be upset with me. And she did this really beautiful thing. She's like, I need to know this so I can find out if we can move forward together, if this is as bad as I think it is or it isn't. And she would like look away from me to give me the space to tell the truth because I couldn't look her in the face and tell her the truth. Right. Like that's how weak I was just 20 months ago. Interesting. Right. And so like the way she approaches things makes me a better version of myself. The version of me that I always was so disappointed wouldn't come out. I was like, why is this other asshole showing up to all these parties all the time? <laughs> like, I know there's a good dude in here. Like, why is this guy here? I knew there was a good dude in there, Matt. <laughs> but, I, but I wasn't, I wasn't allowing him to come out because I was still, like I said, I was still, I was too cool for myself. I thought if I made money and had cool stuff, people yeah. like me. If my son liked me and I posted cool stuff on social media, people would like me. Like the version that I was inside was, was gross. Well, and, and that is the key. You know, when you have a good partner, Partner, they should bring out the best in 100%. you. They should make you feel I never safe. Experienced they that before, should though. make you have all of these feelings yep. about about security and and being yourself and things like that. I think I, I'm so glad that you found her and that she has done that for you. And I think it's really amazing. And yeah. maybe one of these days I'll find try to even start looking again. <laughs> all you have to do, apparently, apparently, all you have to do is skip out on work in the oh. middle of the week and go to the bar because that's where I met her. Oh, it was a okay. Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. In, in Frisco. So let's kind of get back to our topic. Yeah. Okay, so you guys have been dating. You're deciding. You have mm-hmm. decided that you're going to move forward in the next step in your relationship. You start talking about how this is going to work, right? I'm Obviously, there's already been interaction with the kids and the family, and it, it sounds like – how long did it take for you to – Figure out what those kids, what her kids needed from you. How long did that take? Because it takes a minute. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, I think now I know them um, well enough to understand what each one's kind of needs from me. I still, like, I still don't know. Right. Like, like. Well, and it will change. Yeah. And it will change because they're just at an age where they change a lot. Like it, 
it didn't take me very long because I think naturally I'm kind of bro and those dudes, like guys, yeah, 12, yeah, 13, yeah. 16 year olds. Sure. It's, we just, we play, like we go and play soccer. We play basketball. We go play, we go to the, like went to the zoo on Sunday. Like I'm just still a big kid. Like I missed out on some childhood stuff. So now like I just, I get to hang out with like four other dudes at yeah, home, right? Yeah. We play video games together, right? Like it, we run outside of the ice cream truck. Like I've just, I'm, I just want to be kids, right? And so that's kind of where I met them was just kind of being their equal as opposed mm -hmm. to like, there's not, I don't need to discipline them. They're not bad. They don't do anything. It's like, do so I tell them, hey, can you pick up, can you feed the dog? Can you do the dishes, kid stuff? Hey, dude, you left your shoes laying around again because you're an ADHD 13 year old. Yeah, sure. sure. Like, but they don't do anything they should get in trouble for. So like that do part's you, been easy. Do you discipline? No, I'm a terrible discipliner. No, no, no. And that's actually like for, and, and I probably wouldn't discipline somebody else's kids anyways. Okay. That's a slippery well, slope. Well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Um, but with my own son, that's really difficult to do because again, I, I have all my abandonment crap. I posted a video on Instagram talking about how Luke reacted at Chili's the other day. And I got a lot of negative reaction from people. I got like 40,000 views and a ton of the comments were like, it's the parents fault. You guys are, you guys are enabling this child. What did he do? I missed, he, he, I missed he went, it. He went to Chili. We went to Chili's and everybody ordered, but Luke didn't want to order. He was just oh, pouting. Oh, I did see and that. And then the dude, yeah. the dude walked away and then he came back later and Luke had to eat his food without everybody else and all this yeah. other stuff. I, what I won't do is I am willing to eat the, 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 the S sandwich for my kid. And I'm like, I'll deal with the embarrassment. I'll leave the grocery store. Now Luke doesn't scream in grocery stores, but you know that, that whole mentality of like, I will deal with it. But the second you embarrass me in front of other people, I can't control. I can't stand that. So like when he was doing the chilies thing, yeah. I'm like, you're not going to embarrass me in a restaurant full of people. Now, if we're at home, you can kind of do a whole lot of stuff and I'm going to give you a lot of leeway. Cause we're just at home and you're a boy and I don't really care to run around and be a maniac. So um, it's hard though, because I do, there is a part of me that still wants to be his friend. That's, that's one of the the broken parts of me is that like, I would rather be his buddy than his parent, probably 75% of the time. And so he and I, as he got older, had to find a place where he got disciplined differently. And we've been walking that out for about the past 18 months and it, it ebbs and flows. It's a lot more talking, right? Yeah. I, I try to do the, Hey, everything was cool until it wasn't. And now I'm the dad again. Right. right? And that's just so confusing. So now it's a lot more conversation. It's a lot more like me finding out stuff, right? Like tempering my frustration, which not having my blood pressure through the roof. It's a yeah. lot easier to be calm when your blood pressure is not sitting at 155 sure. or 110 all day long, sure. right? So like so many of these things tie together just to make all of your life more calm because of just some weird stuff that you didn't So Victoria disciplines her kids and you do you. <laughs> Victoria, yeah. So here's the thing is I had my kids, I had Luke at 35, Victoria had all of hers before she was 24. Oh my goodness. Yes. So there's also this, like, cause we're eight and a half years apart. She's younger than I am, but our lives were really parallel as far as the, the marriage and all of that stuff. Right. Um, but she didn't, she, she, so she grew up completely. She had to discipline the kids to keep them all in control. By the time sure. Luke came around, I'm 35. It's just me and his mom. We make, we're making money. It's like, let's just, oh, you just want to go do this. Kid. Yeah, he's an only kid. There's only one. He, I tell people all the time, he is an only child to parents who couldn't have their own children. He's adopted. He's the only boy. He's the oldest. Yeah. And I have serious abandonment issues. Like the kid is destined to like, just probably be a pain in the ass for whoever he's with <laughs> when he's older. <laughs> Right. Like, well, we'll get to the therapy question here in a bit. Exactly, okay. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's my area of growth as a parent still. So, you guys are blaming your family. Let's huh? talk about some of the stumbling blocks that happened along the way. Yeah. Maybe one or two. What um, were the issues that kind of popped up that you guys had to figure out how to smooth out? The other spouses. Of? Right. The, oh, the, the, I would the, think that would be a that's really number big one. Deal. Right. The, Wait, the let's clarify. Is Victoria's ex 
with someone else and is your No, both of them are currently else. single. At least they're not married. I don't know what their dating status is, but they're okay. not married, right? Um, and so uh, it's been – I actually just met um, uh, her ex-husband yesterday for the first time in person. Right? Oh, interesting. Like, yeah. Okay. And so that was just that the timing of it. It just never worked out. And it was, it was great. We had dinner and like the kids were there and he and I, he just got back from Kentucky, he had a bunch of bourbon. We had, it was a great conversation. Like I, the dude's awesome. I think he was, I respect the heck out of him. But for the past year, right. Of our relationship, I didn't know him. Right. There's that tension of do his sons accept me? Are they, is it okay for them to accept this other man who's now in their house, married to their mom? Right. right. That stuff screwed up. Um, so that, that part of it, and then, you know, I, not to get on the podcast, you can go to my Facebook page. I talk about it plenty of times, you know, my co-parenting and blending with my ex-spouse has been challenging to say the least. She yeah. would say the same thing. We both yeah. have our own opinions on it, right? Whatever. That is the number one thing because a, I think the other parent has a right to still have a, a say in things right around their kids. Now it's, you can't, you can't say who the other person can marry. You can't say what can happen in a household you don't live in. But, but that's why I find it interesting that you just met Victoria's ex. Yes. I think that's that might be a dude thing a little bit. Like that might be just a little bit of male like ego no protecting interest. themselves. Like he didn't inquire about like, hey, I want to no, meet I this guy he, that's around my kids. I think he did because there have been we've been in the same room together many times and hadn't talked. I, I'm I'm a little bit old school in just the the fact that like I'm not going to infringe on your space, right? Like I'm I'll talk to I mean I'll talk to anybody. I'll introduce myself to anybody. But I I felt very much like it was his role. Um, to forge that relationship a little bit, given the fact that his sons were living with me. And, you know, I would want to know that like, did he when, positively respond when Victoria told him that y you two were dating? What, like, did he bring up any, like, I think so. Was I he was like, it's, Oh, it's cool. Or yeah. I mean, they've been divorced for a few years already. And so he'd already been through the, I think the, the, the initial divorce ringer Got of seeing your ex with somebody new for the first okay. time. It's the total right. kick in the face. Yeah. I right? was the first one. And, it's, it's, that's it a rough horrible. one. That's a rough one. Well, also, um, his ex told his daughter that I was the reason mommy and daddy were no longer together. Well, and, and this is, this goes to, and this goes to. <laughs> Which the, just was the beginning of the end. Well, and that is, that is the hardest part. And I will say when, when the, the co-parenting with the exes or the, the, the parents, other child isn't the difficult part. It's when that can't exist. It's when there's tension. It's when, and, and we have that right now on one side, right? There's just not a lot of alignment about what is happening on either side of the fence, right? And so that's being fleshed out through therapy, right? Through like Luke being able to have like Luke's going to a therapist soon and okay, being able to have that conversation. Yes. That. Yeah. Because he can't have that in the confines of 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 his mother and I, right? He's gonna be biased to I can see it in the way he texts us. Just mm -hmm. he's already trying to compensate for adults' feelings, make sure everybody's okay and everything remains harmonious, right? And Jennifer and I don't fight anymore. We just, we have one line of communication open. It's email. That's it. That's the only way we communicate. Oh, okay. At all. Oh, right? interesting. Or okay. in person when we, during drop-offs. Sure. Stuff. So, and that's to protect the conversation. We've, that's a decision that has been made and that's what we're doing. So um, that, you say a couple of things. That is by far the leader in the clubhouse is just the the, the other spouse and the, the, the child's parents. I don't know sure. how people do it when they have, they have a couple of kids from a couple of people and then the other person has kids from a couple of people. And now maybe you're getting married for the third time or something like that's just a lot of egos and thought process to maintain. Because I, I do think one of the things that v Victoria does incredibly well um, with, with their father is she is, she is very, their communication is very open. We're at everything. I'm that parent who goes to everything. My son's got a, a thing, a thing tonight. He's with his mom, but I'm going to be there. Yeah. Right. We're those parents. So the other people just have to get used to us being around and being ourselves and seeing the fact that we're married and we wear wedding rings and stuff now. So it's gotten a little bit easier now that just the reality, like we're married.
But yeah, I feel lucky that my, my dad, when he got remarried, she didn't have any children, so yeah. we didn't have to deal with any of that you kind of stuff. of stuff. Now, I wasn't ready for a new person to come into our lives, so I bucked that horse for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it turned out to be one of the – it was the catalyst for me um, figuring out how to deal with the baggage from everything that had happened before. Yeah. She was – I called her my kind of my guardian angel for a long time. Yeah. She came from a counseling background, and so she was able to help me, and she had problems with one of her parents as well, like a tumultuous relationship with one of her parents. So she was really able to help me sort through a lot of that kind yeah. of stuff. But also, and you, you tapped into something, I know people have this controversial topic, counseling, whether it works, whether it doesn't, whether it's right for you, whether it's not right for you, you know, should you take kids, all of that kind of stuff. It was pivotal in me learning how to deal with my own feelings about things, but also I had a challenging relationship and I'm putting that very, very nicely with one of my parents. Yeah. And so my dad sent me to counseling for a year to figure out how to deal with all of this in a positive, in a, in a better way. Like how do you sort through how you feel? How do you sort through how to deal with this challenging relationship? Because I was 17 years old when all this, do you was know, a down, single you know? adult though? Like, like this is the thing that I think is weird that there's any kind of controversy or discussion around especially child therapy like one i can't think of a single scenario where somebody talking about their problems um is a bad thing just getting all the stuff that you think is exclusive to you out of your head and realizing that other people deal with it that's always go i always feel better after those types of conversations 100 and secondly like i don't know a single adult who was in therapy as a child who was like that was the worst thing i ever did that was terrible for me because you're, you're talking about that now we had that conversation but yeah. i know of at least two other people who spring immediately to mind who have very similar situations to you or that are now in their 40s and 50s that will say like that was the only reason I got through because my parents didn't know what to do. They were still right. caught up in so much of their own brokenness that they weren't even reacting appropriately, right? Well, and to my dad's defense, I mean, he's the retired lieutenant colonel in the Marines. You know? Sure, yeah. You he don't talk about all that. a certain way of doing things. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there wasn't as much – I mean, he was always open to conversations. Don't get me wrong. And Laurelin was really forced a lot of that, yeah. right? So he did get to take that position where he could step back and he didn't have to be the one forcing out feelings, yeah. okay? Because yeah. that wasn't necessarily his jam anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's be honest. Exactly. <laughs> You know, we, we probably one of the other areas where I see where Victoria and I really could have struggled going into this. And I think a lot of people might, might was just that division of like when you're divorced and you're out there on your own, you get really independent, right? Like you have, you start doing all the stuff on your own, right? Like, and Isn't so it amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it is awesome. <laughs> but then you have, but then there's also like, I'm a, like, I want, I'm, I'm a companion. Yeah, I, need need a companion. Yes, yes. I need a companion. I need There are people like that, that have to have, that need that companionship. In I was lives, never right? going to be divorced very long. I, yeah. I didn't know that then, but I mean, like after meeting her, like, I was, I never wanted to be by myself. Like that was never like what my game plan was. I probably stayed my marriage because of that way longer than I should have. Right. Sure. Like, but that, that vision, that division of labor and understanding when you blend a household and we've done a really good job of just being there for each other and all of that stuff. She takes on things that I'm terrible at. Right. Isn't that the great, greatest part though, when you find a partner that plays to your yes. weaknesses and vice versa. Yes. And, but it, it, I could see, I'll get so screwy if, if, you know, if somebody's like, especially if you do that male, female gender type stuff, right? Like you're like immediately come in and be like, okay, well I'm, I'm working now. And now I need you to go back into role, taking care of all the kids and go cook food and do all this other stuff. Like Victoria takes care of us. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But I also want to make sure that she has space to go explore whatever else she wants to explore. Like yeah. she's, she's not a mother and a wife. Like I just, I like, like she is, but that's not how she's defined in our house at all. Even to the point where like, like there'll be times where she's out doing one of her things. I'll be like, you know, she'll do an art show or something. I'll be like, Hey, your mom's going to be home like super late tonight. We need to make sure we clean all this shit up. Love right? that. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm not perfect at it. The house is still messy, right? Like whatever, but we never had that 
that hiccup in our relationship that I could see you may not have really explored prior to getting married. And all of a sudden you find out you're like, oh, this person has needs. I don't really care to help well, them. Well, but fit. we're of the same age group, right? Yeah. Because I'm a little bit older than you. And we grew up as latchkey kids, right? We didn't, I mean, we, we're kind of the last of that generation yep. where it was like, this is what the man does. And this is what the woman does, right? We don't have that mentality anymore. I, if you do, don't ever call me for a date. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> because that's not going to work out for right. you. Anyway, um, you know, I think we are we are of a different mindset. I was the first generation where we felt we didn't have to have kids. I've never had kids. I never wanted kids. Not anything I mean, against I, kids. I was 35. I didn't want kids. If, uh, very honestly, if my ex-wife didn't want one so bad, Luke wouldn't have came into our world. I mean, yeah. the process of like, it wasn't even like we accidentally had a kid. We made an active choice to go adopt. Sure. Yeah, now, it's the greatest thing of my entire life. But I can tell you, Luke came along in August of 2014. You go back and ask August of 2013, Matt, how he felt about kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. but it's interesting because of my age group, I know that there are several of us, and I'm not talking two, yeah. okay, that never got married and never had kids. And don't ask me what's wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me that I never got married and didn't have kids, yeah. okay? So I think that that was – this. we were the first generation that had that permission to do a different type of lifestyle. And we saw growing up kind of taking care of ourselves. We, we had that independence growing up, right? It's no longer the man goes to work and the woman stays at home with an apron on exactly. cooking dinner and waiting, you know, with a martini in hand for a man to come home, you know? So I, your mentality is that had to be there in order for all of this to work and Victoria to have the space to be herself. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause my dad's still old school. He's done a really good job of, you know, coming current through challenges and relationships as much as he can, but he's still that generation, yeah. right? And that's not going to change in him. So we, we've we talked a lot and we could I could sit here and talk to you forever, but I don't want to make this too long because I know we always want to make sure that we've got, you know, people tuning in and wanting to listen to what we have to say. You, I'm so proud of you and I'm proud of anyone that takes the opportunity to go find counseling and go find support for handling these things the right way. Let's do you, let's stop with advice. Mm -hmm. Do you want to give some advice or do we want to give some advice on how to I've got a couple successfully of, do this? I've got a couple of things that just my makes sense in my mind. And I wouldn't call them advice because I think that like I take long rabbit trails to get to the realization of things. So this, the end result may not be as poignant as it is in my mind, but there's a couple of things that I've realized through business that also were true in my life. And the, the biggest one was that outside of a few small people in your world, relative to all the other people around, right? There aren't many people who really care about whether you fail or succeed at business, at relationships, at anything. There are just very few people whose life is going to slow down even a little bit if your life is in the absolute toilet, right? And identifying those people and hanging on to those relationships is what allowed me to stay strong long enough to pull my ass back in the boat to even find somebody like Victoria in the first place, Yeah, right? I was spent so much time trying to be cool and look awesome to everybody and date women and have money and act like I had my shit together that I wasn't focusing on the two or three people that were really the, the biggest life wealth determiners in my life just to get myself whole and to listen to people who were saying kind things about me, to listen to the people who wanted better for me. 
And that is ultimately what led me to even being physically in the space where I was to meeting Victoria that day, much less being mentally and emotionally in a space to even be the right partner for her down the road, right? And so like you talk about like the dating scene and stuff. When it comes to especially older, divorced, like you, we're all jaded now. Yeah. We've been through this before. I'm yeah. not putting up with anybody else's shit, right? <laughs> like, like all of that stuff. Like you have to be in a, in a place to receive something different than you've ever received before if you want something different right? yeah you have to be vulnerable you do and and also and it's, it's reasonable not to be vulnerable to people because most people out there aren't enlightened and they suck yeah when it comes agreed. to just even if they're not doing it intentionally they're just not emotionally intelligent enough to understand the damage you can accidentally do to somebody else i i understood what i could do accidentally and then i even poured some gasoline on the accident on yeah. purpose you know what i mean like and so for me, it was it was an easier route to look at it and be like, dude, there are a lot of ways that you can just shave like 20 strokes off your golf score just by stopping this one thing, mm -hmm. right? And so, and that big thing for me was my world got really, really small, like really small. Like it's Brian, it's Nick, and it's a couple of other people yeah. that I go to for any kind of advice at all. Same. I don't have any women in my life at all that I go to for advice, right? Like, like Matt, and part of that is, the majority of that is respect for my wife and respect for the man that I became. But even before those relationships weren't serving me because I wasn't in those relationships for the right reasons, right? Like I wasn't, I wasn't friends. Um, to be friends. To be friends. Not even just with women, just people in general. I was, I was just friends with like, whether because it was emotionally convenient, meaning like I didn't have to have some uncomfortable like confrontation to not be friends with them. So they just kind of hung around. Right. And they eventually just went away because you ignore them. Right. Like oh, just all of this filler in my life, because I was too afraid to be alone. I was too afraid to like be honest with myself about where I was broken. I was too afraid to be like, like, Hey, these are little kids that are broken in you. That's why you still feel jealousy. That's why you still feel abandonment. Like the 44 year old Matt, he's okay. It's when these kids show up though. It's when the seven-year-old unbuckles his seatbelt and is going to jump out of the car. I freak yeah. out, but that's happening inside my body, right? Yeah, yeah. It's when it's when a girl you're dating, you get jealous. That's the 17-year-old in me who didn't know how to deal with the fact that my second girlfriend ever had a boyfriend before me. And I just was just like, like so jealous about that. Sure. And it stuck me to 44. And so cleaning people out of my life was the, the best thing I ever did. And just focusing on a few quality relationships. You are tapping into such a big conversation right now because- Cutting out, like stopping the bleeding, it was such a big deal for me. Yep. I did, I made a pivotal decision to change my trajectory in about 2006, 2007. And it required me to remove a relationship that 99% of people would never understand. Yeah. And I don't have to have them understand, but it was necessary in order for me to stop the things that I was, what the path that I was on and create a new one. And we do it everywhere because it's just comfortable, right? We do, we do it in our business. We do it in our relationships. I'm much more likely now to cut out can cut. I don't want oh, yes. to, I don't want to, cancer sounds so bad, but cut out a, a relationship that is not working for Just me. release them back to the pond, right? Because yeah. here's the thing is like, I think this for me, and I tell me when we, I got to shut up. Um, for me, it, it always felt so negative to lose relationships. I felt like I had done something wrong or the other person wasn't going to like me, right? The reality is there's just, I, I realized this in my leadership role with agents, there's just some agents who aren't right for our team, right? I'm doing them a courtesy by releasing them back to go find a different opportunity. It, nothing had to be wrong with our relationship. They didn't sure. die. They just work somewhere else, Sure, right? The people that we dated, like, I get that's part of the breaking up process, the grief, all of that, right? But like, they're not dead. They're still right there. 
They're yeah. still living their lives. Sure. There's still be a better version of self. You're going to be a better version, but we hang on to these relationships so tightly thinking there's not another one to come. And we use stupid phrases like, oh, they were one in a million. Cool. That means there's at least 200 more of them in this country alone because there's 330 million people out there. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, Brian. <laughs> yeah, Here that's we what go. I'm saying. Is, right? like, my whole point is like, people, we just, it, none of this, None of this matters. I said this on our podcast yeah. a couple weeks ago. None of this matters. But that is that requires you to get to a place of some some really good self confidence. Yes, and it, and knowing yourself and knowing where your boundaries are, you have to become a lot more self aware. I, I think as it relates to business, it's only been the last couple of years that I've felt the confidence to say this is not the right fit, and I'm throwing them back into the pond. Because well, you supplement the business for the relationships. If the relationships well, are working, like I'm going to dive all into business. And I I didn't want to lose deals. I didn't want to lose no. deals. I don't want to cut anybody. You know what do you mean? I'm going to lose. I'm not going to lose deals, yep. but what I have to under, what you have to understand is as long as you're hanging on to things that aren't working, it's not opening the door to create new opportunity. And typically my, my experience has been that next opportunity is bigger than the one you were hanging on to. That person's not just draining energy from you. You're, you're having to constantly go find new energy to, to refill what they're depleting and you're losing energy resources because the bottom of the cup just has a hole in it. You yep. know what I mean? Like it makes no sense. Makes no sense. At all. Like it's, it's not just, it's not just a one for one loss, right? Like when you just talk about the drain that it takes on your life, you can use any analogy, energy, blood, whatever, right? Like the drain that it puts on your life to have somebody in it who is a weight for you, it, it's, it's, it, it, it increases the difficulty of what you're trying to do exponentially. Agreed. Exponentially. I think it's a great place to stop. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on today. This is cool. Hey, man, I reserve the right to have you, Nick, and Brian on my podcast whenever I want to. Anytime. (laughs) Anytime. I love sitting here and talking to you, and I get free content, so it's perfect. you sure do. (laughs) So thanks again for coming back. I always appreciate our conversations. That is another episode, so thank you for tuning in today. Again, I'm your host, Tamara Gady. If you like my content, you're really going to love my escrow team. So let's get a conversation going about your title needs and make it a great day. Thank you.